Father, as, as, as Mike prayed and as the crew sang, Lord, you are wonderful. And now, Father, let your word encourage your people that we might live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever uh, looked like a looked like a fool? Maybe that's too strong of a word. Maybe fool is a little too strong. Have you ever looked a bit ungrateful? Uh, it, it's not happened often, but I remember one kind of time in my in my home where. Uh, my wife has spent a lot of time selecting the meal. Uh, she was trying to choose what would bless our home as well as bless the folks that were coming over for dinner. Uh, she spent time preparing the food, cooking the food, simmering the food, reducing the food, baking, sauteing, just get, getting everything right, y'all, just killing it. And so we sit down at the table to eat and we are uh, talking with the the couple having a really good conversation. And then um, she brings in the food. We pause, we pray, and then we get back into this really good conversation. And I start eating this food. And this is not food. This is like, you know, the the, the mythical term ambrosia. This is like the, the, the food of the gods. You know what I'm saying? This is like going crazy in my body type. It's like uh, uh, my like foot started doing the wop. My shoulder started jamming a little bit. You know, I started doing one of the old school classic dances, the Dougie in my, in, in my internalness. I know like the Dougie is like, oh, now it's just 10 years. Whoa. Um, I'm just, I just, I feel everything in me excited and delighted about what I'm eating. And then we continue in conversation and the guests say, Rebecca, this is, this is really good. Man, you did a great job. And then we continue in conversation after they compliment her and she looks over and says to me, just in a little four word statement, did you like it? And, 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 and this, explosion of flavor that I experienced, this sense of satisfaction that my taste buds went through, all that I was thinking and inside of like my girl just did her thing, but I, I, I never expressed it. You see, there's something amazing that can happen internally. That's, that's like delight. That's like pleasure. But it's only praise when it's expressed. It can only be praise where it's not simply about what took place in you, but it's actually about magnifying someone else. It can only be praise when what is taking place on the inside gets expressed. And so that time I, 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 I didn't demonstrate praise to my beautiful wife. But I hope that you can learn from me and not uh, make some steps that might seem as if you're ungrateful, but that you'll not only learn from me, but learn from the scriptures today as we hear David help us understand what does it look like to have a posture of praise 
We've been going through these different psalms. We've been looking at hymns, which are uh, just great worship songs that take place in times when life is good. Looking at psalms of confidence and psalms of lament. And you might be mixing up hearing me say songs when I'm saying psalms, but that's okay because these psalms are songs written for worship. And so some of them uh, are different, fall under different categories. And we have hymns, psalms of confidence, psalms of lament, songs of kingship. And today we will look at psalms of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And so turn with me to Psalm 111. Psalm 111, it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation, in the assembly. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Praise is the boasting of God or the bestowing of honor on to the Lord. Praise comes out as your fruit or expression of thankfulness. Your, your, your celebration ain't just contained in you. It is expressed. It is uh, a demonstration of your gratitude, your thankfulness. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, I, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. Praise. A, a boasting of God, a bestowing honor on the Lord. It is a, a, a completion to our gratitude and our thankfulness. And so you, you and I should, should, should be okay with taking some, some, some extra steps to let the Lord know he is worthy and worthy to be praised. And so David says right out the gate, I am going to praise the Lord, not not with uh, just simply my mind. I'm going to praise him with every part of my being, every part of who I am shall praise the Lord. But 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 pastor, doesn't doesn't God know my thoughts? Does it doesn't he already know what's happening inside? Yes, but 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 praise is not something that's simply for God to know. It is also for you to demonstrate. It is also I, I could have easily said, well, Rebecca knows that I love her and she knows I love everything she makes. There ain't nothing I've had where I'm like, I'm always like, yeah, mom, she should know that. But 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 see, there's a, a difference when you are demonstrating thankfulness, when you are praising the Lord. It's not simply about should, does God see? It's also about, and what do you, what do I, what do we do? Because praise is an action. 
I'm, I'm curious to know, and y'all can toss it in the chat, and I'm going to see if I can see some. But I'd, I'd love to know just from y'all now, what are some of the songs that that you enjoy that demonstrate celebration or praise? Give me a song that you that comes to mind first when you're like, oh, that's my jam when it's time for me to get my praise on or my celebration on. And if it ain't a Christian song, that's all right. Just make sure you keep it PG in the chat. Come on with it. A boasting in God. God goes on to, to give us some insight into why he is praise worthy. Look at me in verses two through four. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and, and excuse me, all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Pondering, pondering, pondering. We, we ponder his works. Other versions say study. They are delight in them as we study. We, we study his works and his wonders so that he may be remembered for his grace and for his mercy. Why, why do you ponder things? Why do you study? We do that to, to examine it, to go deep, to learn. So it takes root in who we are. We are studying to gain understanding and to apply wisdom. My, my, my question is simply, how can we ponder? How can we study if we don't dig in God's word? What is it simply that you are studying and and pondering over? Well, well, God gives us a couple of things and he doesn't want us to get too focused on these words because sometimes people want to know what the big difference is. And he's trying to really say I'm all inclusive. He gives us two words. He says wonders and works. Now, wonders has this connotation. Uh, it's actually the, the Greek word teros which we get our term terror from it. It has this, this association with actually a, a like healthy fear that like something has happened so great that you draw back in, in, in a, in a hesitant fear, something so beautiful and miraculous, like, like a, a, a cloud of fire leading you during the Exodus. You know, like like a like a Red Sea part where you walking through on dry land, but you seeing walls of water and you are like. Whoa, those are those are wonders, but works have a little bit more of the other of connotation of miracles, things that just happen where, you know, it goes against all of nature and something stepped in that was far more powerful than the ways of this world. And it was Jesus. It was God that worked these miracles. And so, and so you now have these wonders and miracles and study them, ponder them, learn them, come to know them, have, have habits of reflecting on these things because when you do that it will lead you to praise there's a um if you look at anything from bible dictionaries to wikipedia you'll find uh that the 
these this these three pilgrim festivals where uh, the people of God would have to return to the temple, return to the temple, return to the temple. These festivals, one was called Passover, another one was called Weeks, another one was called Tabernacles or Tents. The 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 one for for tabernacles or tents was a reminder, says the uh, um, Bible dictionary, says it was a reminder of these small temporary dwellings in which farmers would live during harvest. It it was supposed to be a reminiscing or a reminding of the type of fragile dwellings in which the people of God dwelled for 40 years of travel in the desert. So throughout that holiday, they would eat meals and some people would sleep in these little tents to remind them of what their people went through and how God was there providing. Or, or Or the Passover. When it, where, where it marks the exodus of the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery and when God passed over the houses of the Israelites during, during the last of the 10 plagues. See, there's, there's rhythms to remember what God has done and you can't study and ponder if you don't look at what God has done in the word in his word and in doing so it will help us to be able to reflect and remember what he's been doing in our lives today we have some friends that we lived with for a little bit and uh those friends would have dinner and uh at 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 the dinner table they would ask their kids these these three questions that the kids had to reflect on They'd say, tell us something that was positive about your day. Tell us something that was sad. And then tell us how God moved today. It's like three questions. And their kids, I'm trying to remember at that time when we were living with them, how old their kids were, I want to say like six, five, three, and one or something. I don't know, baby, you help me. But but it's a, it's amazing how the children began to give some really solid answers, and the parents didn't hold back for the sake of the children. The parents would at times share deep things that was happening, and it was amazing to to at times see them reading through God's Word or reading these you know little kids Jesus storybook Bibles, learning the stories of God and understanding who God is. But then today having a, a rhythm, a ritual, if you will, that helped them think, how did I see you work? How did I see you move, God? And in doing so, you have an opportunity to demonstrate and show your thankfulness. You see, we have reasons to praise. And sometimes it, it is shown even by a four-year-old, how God is working and moving, y'all. My encouragement to you is that you would have rhythms as well. We don't need to be as structured as the three pilgrim uh, pilgrimages that would happen, those three festivals. But what does ritual look like in, in your life? Especially during this season, when we used to have one of our rituals take place on Sundays. 
where we would come together. We would worship God together. We would delight together. And now sometimes like, like wanting the kids to be able to be totally dialed into the TV screen or the computer screen. Yeah, they know it's different than PBS and, you know, that little stuff. But does it feel sacred to them? Does it feel like this is worship to them? Does it feel like that for your home, for you as an adult? My hope is that you would say yes. If not, then what ritual could you create throughout your week where there is a space and a time for sacredness? Talking to myself, because every Sunday I'm I'm here and we kind of do the the questions during dinner. But 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 when you woofing down, you know, I'm saying good food, sometimes it don't go as deep as it could. So I need to have more spaces to ponder the things of God and what he has done in his word, but also what he is doing in our lives today so that our family. Can be reminded to praise him. And show our gratitude. So what do some of those rituals look like in your and your household? Continue with me in verse five. It says he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works and giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He remembers his covenant forever. Forever. I love this because because a, a covenant is different than any other relationship we enter into. A covenant, says Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, says it's established that the relationship between God and his people expressed in grace first with Israel and then with the church. Through that covenant, God has conveyed to humanity the meaning of human life and salvation. It it had its climax, its first climax took place uh, at Sinai, at, with Israel and God at Mount Sinai. But the covenant theme is implicit, starting even within the Garden of Eden and develops through Noah to Abraham. We, we see the new covenant take place, which I want to talk about in a little bit. But it's not an accident, says the, the writer of this, uh, this article in the Baker Encyclopedia. It's not an accident that the two volumes of the Christian Bible have been called the Old Covenant and New Covenant. The word commonly translated as testament means covenant. You see, God is not for forgetting what the the what this relationship that he has entered into humanity looks like. He's not forgetting that he is going to love us with an unconditional love. You see, we enter into this covenant broken offering nothing but ourselves, but even that is a sinful image. And God says, yet, I love you. 
that that this covenant is not going to be like a contract. It's not dependent on on somebody's uh, money or somebody getting power or someone having leverage. No, no. A covenant is one dependent, founded and rooted in love that underlies all covenants. It's not surprising then to discover that the central part of the command that God gives us and that he placed upon Israel was to love. Deuteronomy 6, 5 said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Why? Because over and over and over again, God shows his love to us. In many ways that are that are praiseworthy, that we could respond with gratitude and with thanks. But see, some of you may be on right now and maybe you are listening and don't know Christ. And you think that, yeah, God shows love to people who are already good people or God shows love to people who already are like in his church family and they live the life that he wants them to live. God loves those who are doing what he says. And I want to say that is true, but not fully because God doesn't only love those who do what he says. Let me give you some, 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 some biblical examples. You got, uh, 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 in the Bible stories of, of while leaders are going to go worship, the people say, mm, you know what? Instead of God, we want to worship a different God. And instead of something that represents this God, we're going to make something that represents our God. Let's put together a golden calf and worship this thing. Treat this thing as God. This happens in, in, in the Bible. You have all types of pain that takes place from people killing one another and hurting one another. And God sits back and still says, I'm, I'm going to love you in your, in your jacked upness, in your wretchedness, in your, I still love you. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. It probably would be something akin to 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 uh, you being out all day. You're thinking of how to care for your family. You're trying to love on your family. You're getting stuff, caring for your family. You come home and then you find a another person in your house, in your place, doing your things. Like mama walk in the door and she sees a total stranger of a woman in the house cooking in her kitchen feeding her family and the kids look up and say, thanks, mom. Like, what? I mean, that's, that's, that's what happens with story after story of the people of God take and replace God for a fake. Something that contribute, did not contribute to any of their stability, any of their nurturing, any of their love. And God says, Yet I will forgive them. Yet I will love them. Yet I've entered into this covenant. This covenant. Will there be consequences? Yeah. Will there be responses? Yeah. Does God respond even ang 
angry at times. Yeah. And is he justified to do so? Yeah. And does he extend love? Yeah. And so we get this beautiful example of a covenant. But a, but a covenant does not mean you get to have all that you want. That, that you get to, because God is loving, then, then you get to, to be able to celebrate the stuff you really like. I mean, we know that, that during this time of the Exodus, God gave the people the Ten Commandments and the Ten Commandments put some, some, some do's and don'ts down. And we see that even God giving us instruction for how to live, even when we might not like it, we might want to covet or we might want to uh, create images. We might want to use the Lord name in vain, even when we want to him giving us these ways of living are good for us and are reasons that we should be praying. And so covenant God keeps it but it's something that we use as a as a as a as a filter by which we understand the gospel and by which we live our lives and so so I was I was listening to a conversation by a couple of brothers and and one brother said man like I'm about, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying, I'm just go ahead and move my girl in and we just gonna, you know, we're gonna do our thing. And, and, and so it's like, uh, so the older guy says to him, wait a minute, you know, you know, shacking up is against God. You can't do that. So the young dude said, show me that in the Bible. Show me where it says in the Bible, I can't live with the opposite sex. That's what you're saying shacking is, right? So the, so the older guy's like, well, I can't I can't show you that because you know what I mean. But 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 the heart was here. Here was the heart. It was OK. So, yeah, you you can't you can't we can't show you where it says you can't live with this person. But let me ask you this. Does the Bible say that you should not be having sexual relations with a person that you're not married to? Yeah. Yeah, it says that. OK. So if you move this woman in, do you think that you will be having sexual relations with her? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so see, sometimes the, the rules that God gives us, even though we might not like them, ultimately they are for our good and the good of other people and that is praiseworthy why because you are saving yourself so many headaches by choosing to do the world's way instead of choosing to do God's way and I'm grateful that he closed a bunch of doors when I thought my way was going to be way better covenant see God keeps his covenant. He's faithful to it. We should be able to praise him. And we have to interpret all things through his covenants. And so whether it's shacking up, I've had to interpret uh, uh, justice through the covenants, right? Like right now, I am a person that lines and locks with people who are fighting for justice. 
But I also am a person who have to look at the covenants and say, and what justice are we fighting for? And so I can march in a rally and say, black lives matter, black lives matter. And I'm down. But because of the covenant, I also have to say, yes, but I'm but I'm not down with reestablishing what the 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 gender makeup of a couple is. Because I because I'm because I'm convicted and in and held accountable to God's covenant. There's some aspects of life that I have to be challenged in. And it is God's. Covenant. He keeps us remembering, coming us coming back to. And so it breaks my heart when, 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 when we even have these conversations because some people, at as soon as they hear of someone having a discussion about same sex, that's the end of the discussion. Don't be that way, Macav. Don't be that way, Macav. See, if anyone is is wrestling with anything for us, that is the beginning of the conversation. Why? Because the covenant is rooted in love. And so it is out of love that we come along and walk with people and we listen to people and we hear people. But we also must have God's word as the parameters. You see, we got to be able to know what he's done in history. We've got to be able to understand and know what God has done in history. And in knowing that, then we are able to understand it ourselves and see what he's doing today. And that leads us to praise. And when we are praising him, we understand what we are praising him for, which is his love that is unrelentless, keeps being poured out on us. And it is shown through this beautiful covenant that he keeps. But he asks us to do some keeping of the covenants ourselves. And so we get a chance to to walk with people who walk with us as we praise God together. Hebrews 8 verse 10 says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds. I will put their laws into their own, I will I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This 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 love that we can be praising and celebrating. This love was first started by God Himself, the one who has the power to uphold. The covenant is the one who initiated the covenant with us. Look at first John chapter four, verse 19. It says we love God because he first loved us. We got a lot to be thankful for, y'all. We got a lot of reasons to praise the Lord. Got a lot of reasons to be able to celebrate who he is. Because he initiated a loving relationship with us and gives us the ability to respond. Covenant of God. This, this is a, an eternal aspect that God 
God just, he always loves us. And it's, and it's, and it's just that, it's that simple. Can I sin, break his heart? Yes. Can I do things that, that cause him pain? Yes. Can I repent and be forgiven? Yes. Continue with me, verse nine and 10. He sent redemption. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. To him belongs eternal praise. There's a a healthy fear of the Lord. This this phrase says the uh, apologetic study Bible to fear the Lord is to trust in him, to obey him and to worship him as God and savior. The word indicates both a shrinking back from something out of a sense of awe and also an attraction to it in adoration and wonder. The Old Testament has no expression uh, corresponding to our general concept of just being religious but uses phrases that relate specifically to Yahweh, to God, such as knowing the Lord, being faithful to the Lord and fearing the Lord. See, our, our, our faith is made up of knowing the Lord, being faithful to the Lord and fearing the Lord. So there's a, a genuine faith must be expressed with a, a healthy amount of fear. Uh, a healthy amount of reverence, a healthy amount of just awe. Maybe, maybe you remember when you uh, first learned how to drive. You know, you you got in the car and you you with your auntie, your uncle, grandma, you know, mom or dad, somebody uh, got in the car and they and they were trying to teach you how to how to feather the pedal, how to start slowly and progressively move faster. And, it, and it's kind of weird because you you don't know what feathering is because your whole life you you've ridden in cars and and from the time you were brought from home from the hospital like like that feathering happens where you start slow and you move a little bit a little bit faster you you uh you 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 get your your, your little your little uh license little temps. You start having a, a chance to, to do it yourself, your turn to start driving and, and they sit you down and, and give you that first lesson. OK, so now I want you to go ahead and press on the gas. Give, just, just give it a little gas. And you don't know how to feather. You don't know how your how your foot like like all of a sudden got heavy and you press down. Boom! You know, you feel that that strength. You feel that that power. You like, whoa, you know, uh. Uh, the 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 power that you have actually is quite dangerous. I mean, you feel the the amount of momentum that this car can generate by by just the pressing of your foot. And and the opposite, when you're you're driving, you're trying to learn how to stop, and you don't know how to, and you. And you slam, you, you, you stop the whole car quick, and it, it jerks. 
Like, like you start to realize, man, while, while even though this car has the, the, the opportunity to, to get me back and forth to school or to work, there's also the opportunity to take or end someone's life. And that this power is something that has to be respected. You see, sadly, we can at times have more reverence, more uh, uh, respect of the power that's under the hood than the God who's under and control of our hearts. See, this this God says, there's a healthy fear that I want you to be able to have of me. But what that does is welcomes you into relationship that much deeper. And some of that awe, some of that wonder, some of that 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 paralyzing respect of power. Should bring you to the point of gratefulness, of thankfulness of gratitude, of, of expressing it. I'm, I'm not just going to contain it. I'm going to be so happy about the love that I receive from this God, about the, the power that is present that I can't help but celebrate. I can't contain my praise. Give me some songs, y'all. I'm, I'm looking on here to see. Ain't nobody put no songs, huh? Okay. I see how we get down. I get y'all on the next one. Mm-hmm. So I try uh, Jay Moss, a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. A praise on the inside. Thank you, Joanne. <laughs> My mom said she remembered me jerking her and irking and jerking her. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I was smooth with it, Mama. I was smooth. Family. I want to bring us to a close because praise, when we praise appropriately, when we celebrate God, it not only gives God proper attention and boasting that he deserves and he alone, praise is good for me and you. It's good for us. Your perspective changes a bit when you begin to praise, when you are thankful I know I, I, I say this sometime, but I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of saying it, that I, I praise God for my wife. So I'm so grateful for her. And, 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 I, and I need to keep saying it because, you know, you get into a little situation before you know it, you got a little attitude or something like that. And then, and then Brother Matthew, Brother Matthew comes week after week. And I think of the prayer he keeps submitting for his friend, Tom and Nancy. Nancy, who has ALS. And I got to imagine that that Tom would give anything just to be able to have an argument with his wife right now. Just to be able to talk to her and exchange in that manner right now. You see, we got a reason to praise and be grateful for the people that God has put in our life and pause for a minute and look at somebody else. You see, you got a business 
and again and again, issues keep coming up, but you got a business. You have a job. Do you know how many people have had to shut the doors on their business or change professions or leave loved ones and people that they care about dearly to move to new places that is foreign to them just to be able to put food on their table? How ungrateful can we be at times by not praising God for what he is doing. I, I sometimes get 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 trapped in it, looking at other ministries and how many views and clicks they have and how many people have watched their sermons and stuff. And then I pause and I'm like, Carolyn, Carolyn bought me a pack of socks. Just saying, look, pastor, I love you. I was thinking of you and I wanted you to have these. I think of the, Sandras that have donated hours upon hours as a board member. I think of of Chris who who heard me mention that I didn't have a mask and then showed up with a pack of masks just to say I was thinking of you, Pastor. Got these for you. I think of the of the of the the many people in this body and and how dare I compare myself and who we are to someone else's videos. I'm tempted to do that when I don't praise God. You see, praise will reorient you and refocus you and focus you on gratitude and thankfulness when Satan wants you to be focused on what you don't have. I I, I love that this is a healthy part of the Psalms. We have laments. We have some some songs of confidence where we are trusting God for something that we've yet to see. But a healthy part of being a believer is celebrating who God is, what he has done and what he is doing today. And there is nothing that should stop us from that. And that's what I fear. I fear that we get used to not praising. Well, pastor, that's that's just not my personality. Like I'm don't I don't I don't like I don't really celebrate people like that. Then change. Ooh. Like like it, it is foolish for us to be grateful inside and not share that gratefulness with others, to not praise others, to not renew our minds and in doing so boast in God and God alone, but also boast in the ones we love. That's just foolish. And so let's be a people that recognize that God loves us and is committed to a covenant with us and expects us to walk by a covenant. But guess what? He upholds it all and upholds it all in love but does so with a healthy amount of reverence, gives us the opportunity to have a healthy amount of reverence and awe and fear. Gives us a chance to praise him and renew our minds, put our focus on the exactly where it should be. I uh I struggle with 
And I and I get that doesn't mean you need to be walking around just skipping every day like happy. And every every time you see something, Pastor, you just want me to praise. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Don't don't let the extremes negate the opportunity to to start anew, to live with a prayerful posture, to demonstrate thankfulness. David at times was being like like looked after for his life to be taken. They wanted to kill him and yet he would stop and write. I'm going to praise you with every part of who I am. Why? Because at times Satan wants to steal our focus and our attention away from the one that is praiseworthy. Don't let nothing, no other gods, no other things distract you. Don't let your posture, your personality mean that you can't be praised, have a posture of praise. And so starting today, I, I hope that that when when God is asking some of us, did you like it? We'll have a little bit of a different response when he says that that air I gave you. Did you like it? That fridge with food in it, did 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 you like it? That that home or that ho- hotel room that I gave you, did you did you did you like it? That 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 family member, that that spouse, that child, did you did you like it? The grace that I have extended to you, did you like it? The love and salvation I've given you. Did you like it? Well, if so, don't keep it bottled up and contained in here. If so, demonstrate your gratefulness and your thankfulness by praising God. That's the beauty of of wisdom. That is the the real heart of what it means to, to walk with God and fear him appropriately. That is practicing a good understanding because his praise is worthy. He is praiseworthy and his praise endures forever. I want to offer you, if you are a person that's been 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 listening today and you are yet to accept Christ into your heart. I want to remind you of something we said a little bit earlier. First John four, chapter 19. Don't there is a way and we don't we don't want you to believe that it doesn't exist. Yes, hell is real. And uh, that is a place for those who reject God. But our goal is not to scare you in to heaven. Or scare you from hell. Our goal is that you would understand first that God loves you. We love because he first loved us and that in loving you, he says, I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to deal with your mess, your jacked upness, your stinking thinking, all of that. I'm going to send Jesus to be the one that can give you a new heart and mind. 
And in doing so, there is a response that that's needed from you. That you first would acknowledge that Christ dies for your sins, frees you from the slavery mentality of sin, where we just over and over and over again keep delighting in the ways that bring us pain and ultimately death. God says, I'll cut those ties. I'll break those chains. I'll free you from that. But I need you to acknowledge that I have the power to do so. I then need you to accept the forgiveness that I offer as you own the sin that you were carrying. It was your sin. God will take it away. And you need to acknowledge that power. But then we choose to live for Jesus. It's not just a one-time act. Okay, cool. My sins are forgiven. I'm good. Nope, nope, no. And now we choose to listen as the Holy Spirit leads. Now we choose to listen as God has given us his word that clearly communicates his covenant of love to you and certain expectations he has of you, of us. If that type of relationship is what you long for, even if you don't fully understand it, we want to invite you today to accept Christ into your heart. There is no decision greater than what decision you choose to make with Jesus Christ. Is he a, a famous person that a lot of people just talked about? Or is he a savior that is the key way in which the key and the only way in which you are able to experience life everlasting and change your life today. If that is what you long for, then we want you to stay on the call afterwards. We love to walk you through what it means to live for Christ. And we pray that even today you have said, that's what I want to live for. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. I know that you died so I can be free and I want to live for you. If that's where you are, today is a new day by which you have the opportunity to walk in freedom and to walk in victory. And we are grateful for you. And if you are a person that loves Christ dearly, and you are a, a, a believer that is saying, I, I, I want I've heard you, Pastor, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm connecting with you. Then I simply have a, a few ways that I think we can grow as people. One, what are the rhythms and rituals that help you to be able to be reminded of God, what he has done and what he is doing? You don't like to do that at the at the table and ask a few questions. Cool, you don't have to do that. But what are some other ways? Where, where you get a chance to meditate on God's covenant, but also see God move in a mighty way. And, and he's doing that today. So what are some of those rituals? The other, what, what brings you to a place of awe and wonder? Have, have all miracles stopped in your life? Because sometimes... Sometimes it's it's a matter of 
perspective and you stepping back for a moment and looking and saying, dang, it was only only God that could have aligned the two of us to be in the same city at the same time during these moments in our life. And then you started looking at me, Rebecca, and just wanted to be with me the rest of your life. Oh, my bad. Did I throw that in there? You know, like, like, like real talk, like, like sometimes, like if you just step back, you see God's sovereign hand in so many different places. Do you make space for praise? And then lastly, because our faith is knowing and it is always also acting. In what ways do you praise others? If, if you have the ability to praise God. How do you renew your mind? Help your focus be shifted and help bless someone else by boasting in their character as it reflects Christ. Fam, let us be a, a praise postured people. Say that three times. Come on. A praise postured people. A what? Praise postured people. Yeah, you know I just made that up. Praise postured people. And we're going to go forward celebrating Christ. Thankful for what he's done because he is worthy to be praised. Let's pray together. Lord, you are our king and we delight in thee. Whatever is in the way, remove it. During the triumphal entry, as the Pharisees saw you entering in on a donkey and the disciples started to celebrate you, the Pharisees said, no, tell your disciples, Jesus, to stop celebrating you to stop praising you and you said if they don't the rocks will cry out why because all things were created to praise you and if we don't you will you will get your praise one way or another and so lord help us help us father to not let any rocks cry out in our place, but that we would be a people who has a posture of praising you. And we're grateful for the benefits of that perspective. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.